How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Welcome in on 670 The Score to Hour 2 of Inside the Clubhouse. Later than usual, next week will be as well. Next week, this show begins at 2 p.m. on Saturday, the 11th of January. As you better you bet, we'll be on before us uh, next week as well. Right now, though, Bruce Levine and myself, Matt Spiegel, are joined by our next guest on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Richard Justice, who does a great job as a columnist for MLB.com, joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Richard. How are you? Happy New Year. Hey, same to you, and good morning to you, Bruce. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Richard. So let's start off with the hottest news out there right now. Uh, It's being bandied about that the Red Sox and Dodgers are talking about a possibility of picking up some salaries and some big-time players with the ability to maybe pick up David Price along with Mookie Betts. Uh, what, what are your sources telling you? Uh, is this just pie in the sky, or is it a real push for Boston to dump a payroll the way that we've been hearing all offseason long? What I hear, Bruce, is that Andrew Friedman, the Dodgers executive, he is simply gauging the value is still in the process. Now, you know, we're, spring training is a month away, so we're reaching an end game in this. But that he's just trying to gauge the value of what his young guys are. I, I think the Red Sox are conflicted. They know they would very much like to get below the second luxury tax threshold. But, and, but they know that if they look at their team as it is today, it has a chance, a chance to, to win the World Series. So I think in both the cases of both the Cubs and the Red Sox, I think it's just been a a matter of trying to figure out what the value is. If I had a guess, I would guess the Dodgers won't do it. Andrew Friedman's DNA since the moment he got there is uh, protect protect your young assets. And that's why he didn't. He had chances to trade Bellinger and Bueller and Seager, and he hasn't done any of those. However, he is frustrated by the October you know, failures or whatever you want to call it. And I think he does would like to change the mix of players. I think he was extremely excited about Francisco Lindor, um, you know, and about Garrett Cole and Anthony Rendon. He didn't get any of those things done. Uh, if I had a bet, I would bet that he doesn't do the deal for price and bets. But if he doesn't do, do the deal, both of those guys have to be in it. So fascinating, Richard. I, I remember the first time the Dodgers were the bailout option for the Red right. Sox with Josh Beckett and Adrian Gonzalez and Carl Crawford and all that. And here we are again. Um, how, well, how real is, is the, uh, and I know it's just a possibility, but how real is the need for Boston to get under? We as a, as a, as a city looking at the Cubs often look to Boston and say, see, they're not the only right. big market behemoth that's dealing with financial realities. Why is Boston well, where they are? Well, that. First of all, that first deal the Red Sox and Dodgers made, that was as much to send a message to Dodger fans that we have new ownership, we're going to operate as a big market team, and we're going to take on salary. Um, that, that, to me, it was, 
it was less about talent than about, okay, this is who we are now. Now, they've lowered the payroll, I think, for five. Every year Andrew Friedman's been there. I believe they've lowered the payroll and not traded any prospects. Um, the Red Sox want to get under that threshold. Um, you have a new executive there, Haim Bloom, who is as – I mean, I, I think he's top three in the game and just a genius of a guy. I think – I don't know. I, I've had. I don't know what he's going to do. I know he would like to get under that. I think he would like to keep bets. Um, if he trades Price, he's going to have to pick up a significant portion of the salary, and yep, I don't think million. that gets him under the the threshold. Right, and you're talking about two guys from the same place that they began back in Tampa right. with the same mentality that you know what we we learned how to win without spending money. Uh, we'll right. continue to protect our young people, and like you said, with Friedman, that's been his uh, that's been his mode of modus of operation. Well, and, and Bruce, the most what the new executives look at is the two most valuable things you can have in your franchise is is young talent, is controllable young talent, and payroll flexibility, and they go hand in hand. And the Red Sox, whatever that is, the Red Sox are on the opposite end of that spectrum. And that's why you see the White Sox were able to do the things they do. That's why the Rays have been in the market for every big-ticket guy at the, at the trade deadline. They can take on more salary. It's very tough to get there, though. And, you know, as we're seeing in Houston, um, it's, it's cyclical because payroll payroll's going to come and go, and sometimes you have to make some tough decisions, and that's where the Red Sox are right now. So the natural segue to that is – you mentioned uh, play, um, payroll flexibility and having a great young farm system. We've been dealing with that with the Chicago Cubs now as the same MO that the Red Sox are in right now. Uh, what are your perceptions from inside and people you talk to, but outside of Chicago where we've been beating the Brian story to death over the last two months? Well, one of the lessons, and the Astros would never say this publicly, but they used the Cubs as a role model in that we win once, we win a World Series, and then in trying to win again, we deplete our farm system to the point where we we are strapped payroll and we don't have the the the, the depth, the, the quality of the farm system. Just as soon as I had an executive at Astros tell me that, I, it was less than a month later, they traded four players four young players that are all going to play for the Arizona Diamondbacks this year for minimum salary to take on another $30 million in Zach Greinke. Exactly what they said they weren't going to do, <laughs> they did. And that's fine. You can do that. But if you do that, if you take, if you de- deplete your farm system and you take on the $30 million, you better, you better, your season better end with a parade, and theirs didn't. Well, but Granky partially because they knew they weren't going to be able to keep Garrett Cole, so so maybe they they decide yeah. the shorter term flexibility of Granky makes sense. Well, I mean, it, yeah, but it was separate. See, you could you didn't have to give up any prospects to keep Garrett Cole. That's yeah, true. You, what you're saying is they weren't going to re-sign Garrett Cole. I think that's true. I think they felt like he was going to go sign with the Angels, and also the number was going to be so big. I mean, when you look at what the Yankees did to sign him, they just said they first had to recruit him, and and then they just said, okay, money's not going to be an issue. We're going to blow everybody else out of the water. The Astros couldn't go there, um, but the Astros are going to miss those four players. You watch; those four players are going to play for Arizona this year, 
two of them two of them are pitchers one's an outfielder one's an infielder and um they're going to be missed in Houston Richard Justice uh from MLB.com joining us for just a few more minutes on Inside the Clubhouse Richard you're sitting in Texas the impeachment of the Houston Astros is a big story. Um, Is it going to go go the same way that uh, this other impeachment trial is going right now where all of a sudden bigger news uh, pushes this away and then we just hear about uh, some of these these fines and possible suspensions sometime at the end of spring training? Oh, I think it's going to be much more than that. I think you're going to know about it when it happens, and I think – as Commissioner Manfred promised after the Red Sox were caught with the Apple Watch, he warned teams, uh, these are the rules, and the next team that violates the rules, I'm going to come down hard. I would not be surprised if there are significant suspensions for both the general manager, Jeff Luno, and uh, the manager, A.J. Hinch. They were warned, and uh, when you you factor this, it com- you have a compound interest situation in terms of trashing the Sports Illustrated reporter after the clubhouse incident mm-hmm. and after the ALCS, uh, I think it's going to be bad. I mean, I think I think he told teams he was going to make an example, and he's going to make an example of somebody. I mean, and uh, I had somebody in the Astros front office said, you know, it's like you can't even do your job every day because we don't know what our organization is going to look like on the opening day. So yeah, I don't think it's. I think it's going to be way more than fines and draft picks. Richard, uh, I've spent many times over the past couple of years openly saying into a microphone, "Why are the Astros so good? What are they right. doing?" Right, and then here we are. Well, with... that's the that's the real crime of it. Yes, is that if you just put the talent on and run it, whatever calculation you believe in, they should have won. And um, I, I guess what's the word hubris? I think mm-hmm. they thought they were the smartest guys in the room and that they wouldn't get caught and um, they got caught. It's very, uh, it's very Nixonian really. Like it probably, <laughs> probably would have won that election in 72 without that pesky little, little robbery. Um, but you know, but some of the guys, some of the guys offensively, Richard did improve as contact hitters in ways that didn't really make sense. Like Bregman or Springer to keep the power and improve with the contact. Um, so who knows if they would have gotten good pitching wise though, they're still geniuses at making good pitchers. Great. Aren't they? Right. Yes, and, and Will Harris, who just signed a three-year, $24 million deal with the Nationals, he walked into the clubhouse in the spring of 15. He had been two career-threatening elbow surgeries. Three had been waived by three teams, and they worked with him on pitch usage and pitch sequencing and mechanics to work on. And he made the All-Star, American League All-Star team in 16 and now has a $24 million contract at age 35. And Dallas Keuchel is another example when uh, – Jeff Luno got there. He told the pitching coach, Brent Strom, who is a genius, mm-hmm. I think, and told him, hey, we got this young left-hander. Uh, go down and pay some attention to him. And it was all how you approach hitters, go go up and down instead of in and out and, um, and, and pitch usage and all of that. Yes, they are, they are great at what they, they do, and um, they are great at scouting the op- opposition and finding weaknesses and, and, and exploiting their own strengths. You know, unfortunately, that may not be what people remember, and uh, so I guess 2020 is going to be their rallying cry. Let's let's win without the the banging of the trash cans. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are the White Sox and their fans going to enjoy about Dallas Keuchel? Oh, uh, you're you're never going to find a guy that prepares more 
that is a, a more fierce competitor, that he figured out how to win with what he has. He's the master of soft contact. You're going to look through his day-by-days. I think it was two years ago. Is 17, I think it was, or 18. And he gave up seven I think it was 18. He gave up eight runs or seven runs in a game at Arlington, Texas. This is how Dallas operates. And, it, you know, and people like me are going, oh, my gosh, he's terrible. He's lost it. Uh, and Dallas, I remember, told me, he goes, you got to go back and check. I don't think I pitched that badly. And I went to some of the analytics people that we have and said, he gave up two hard-hit balls. And, you know, and he went to them and said, what should I change? Should change nothing. He understands He understands contact. He understands the art of getting hitters out. He's, he is factored in. He is bought in completely to the – throw the high fastball, the high batting practice fastball that for 100 years pitchers were afraid of. He is really, really good and a great guy, a great guy. In closing with you, Richard, and Matt and I certainly appreciate your time. Wish you and your family a happy new year. What new rules will be most impactful on the game of baseball in 2020? I think facing three hitters. and when, when a reliever comes in, three hitters are the end of the inning. I can't. I don't know about you, Bruce. You know, um, but I can't even get my mind around it. How it changes the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> for those one one out left-handers, poor guys, they're going to enjoy being a greeter at Walmart. Yeah. Now. How about Nishak? I mean, Do you think even guy a right-hander, a specialist what? like Nishak, will he get a job? Yeah. And uh, so I, I assume by the time we get to opening day, all these managers will have figured out what they're going to do and how you approach it in the game plan. To me, it's a it's a dramatic change. Yeah, it certainly is. Richard, thanks again for everything. Keep up the great work. We'll see you in spring training. Always look forward to catching up with you. Okay, thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thanks, Richard, Richard Justice of MLB.com joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. You have a chance to get in with Matt and me until the top of the next hour, 312-644-6767. Text Matt at 67011. You know whose moment has arrived because of that three-batter minimum rule? is my guy, Pat Venditti, the the ambidextrous pitcher who Mm -hmm. signed a minor league deal yesterday to get his way back into the league. Dude can throw right-handed and left-handed. He can switch his gloves. Hope he can get someone out. (laughs) That would be a nice touch. (laughs) That'd be a nice touch. But seriously, he's been waiting his whole life, and now his moment as a reliever There's a lot of managers out there, like like our former manager here with the Cubs, Joe Madden, that are irate, irate rather, about the whole situation of – having to sit there and watch a pitcher he doesn't want to be in there yeah. give up a game-winning hit or a home run or face somebody he should not. It really does take a lot of control out of the hands of the manager. It does. It's about that moment in October when you throw your hands up and say, another pitching change in a playoff game and you might lose interest or change the channel. It's about eliminating that moment. Yeah, but it's it's also about the strategy of trying to win a ball game. There is that too. 670, the score is where you are. As Bruce said, phone line's open for you a little while. 312-644-6767. Dial it up and get involved on the score. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse on 670, the score. We are here until 1 o'clock, and then it's DePaul basketball. Let's take some calls, Bruce. Folks want to discuss things. How about Jim in Orland Park on 670, the score? What's up, Jim? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, I just wanted to ask a quick question. I was I, Most holidays, I spend my holidays in Minnesota. That's where my family lives. And this year, among any other years, was a little special because usually – the White Sox usually aren't 
the talk of the town because they're not too relevant. And with the changes that made this year with the White Sox, I was going to ask you guys, the big thing I heard on the radio up in Minnesota when the Luis Roberts, I think, signing was made and with the other signings they've done over the past year, the town, Minnesota fans, including family even and friends, seemed pretty scared of the White Sox this year. And I found it very interesting because they did win 102 games last year, I believe. And I didn't think, I wasn't sure if the White Sox did enough to even startle fans yet in Minnesota to think they're a, you know, competition. But I wanted to see what you guys thought about competition for the division with Minnesota this year. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because of the fact that the White Sox have been so irrelevant since 2016, beginning of the year. And uh, then they decided on the uh, toward the middle that they were going the other direction. And now, uh, you know, Minnesota and the Indians were kind of fighting it out once Detroit fell off the face of the earth and Kansas City fell off. And now the White Sox are are legit. Uh, Again, I wouldn't worry that much about Minnesota other than adding another pitcher that they wanted to do. Uh, They weren't able to do that. I think they're a little nervous about that. The other thing you have to think about with Minnesota and all of baseball, Matt, is will that ball go back to being uh, 7 to 10 feet less in flight because that's how they were built was increasing the fly ball rate like crazy. They led the world in home runs. And if they don't do that again, they've got issues. I hear you. I mean, last year you went a hundred games in large part because the Royals and the Tigers were useless and the White Sox were often beatable as well. So if the changes with the White Sox and we'll see how much the Indians slide at the very least, it should be more fun to watch baseball American league style with the White Sox stepping it up. Uh, Other teams, starting to step it up as well that we're rebuilding. The American League was a joke after about six or seven teams over the last two or three years. Uh, the Twins signed Homer Bailey and Rich Hill to one-year deals, and Homer Bailey will eat innings and show up for you every week. We'll see what Rich Hill he'll, can do. He won't be there until sometime in the summer. And But he's there to take the ball in game two or game three of a playoff series. Possibly so, and give the best four innings he's got. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's six. Maybe it's no. six. No, not well. If Dave Roberts can, comes over and manages Minnesota, <laughs> this is Dan in Wisconsin on the score. Hey, Dan. Hi, guys. I think the White Sox have a good plan with signing these younger guys to long-term deals and not have to deal with those obscene contracts later on. I do think a guy like Luis Roberts should have a few major league games before he gets a contract like that because there's a lot of four A ball players yeah. that that have come and gone. Um, it's all about scouting and knowing your own talent. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And on to Chris Bryant. You know, one thing I never hear mentioned much is how often he's in and out of games with little aches and pains. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think Scott Boris is always whispering in his ear to to uh, you know take care of those little things. Take a dive. Well, to protect himself and reach that eventual free agency. Kind of, and it's going to get worse as he yeah. gets near. Free I don't know. Uh, yeah, and thank you very much for your call. I don't think that's in Brian's DNA. Um, I think I've heard this before from other people uh, questioning whether or not uh, he's staying out with little aches and pains, but he's had some significant real injuries over the past two years that he's had to deal with, and I know that he's played hurt eventually getting a shot in his knee last year, a quarter zone shot. So 
I don't think it's in Chris Bryant's DNA not to play. I think uh, it's it's all about being able to play and perform uh, the way that uh, he feels he needs to to be on the field. Now, he came back and played in 2018 with the bad shoulder. And in fact, he listened to some advice from within the organization of how to possibly change his swing a little bit and survive life with that bad shoulder down the stretch. And the power wasn't there. And I admire that he came back for sure. And But like things like that and these other little things that you're referencing, it's not as if the relationship is some perfect, pristine thing. There have been some bumps along the it's way. It's not. And you know what? Uh, if you're really inside the clubhouse is what we call the show. And you, if you're really in there and you're deep in there and not many of us are, and I'm not, I'm not saying I am, but I've seen enough over the last 40 years to know that uh, there are ups and downs with every player at from time to time, the Rizzo's, the Bryant's, even the John Lester's there. It's not, they're not perfect relationships. There's right. disagreements. I remember Matt, it's March 27th last year. And I see Jed Hoyer go out on the practice field after, during stretch to tell Anthony Rizzo that they're sending Ian Happ to the minor leagues. Mm. And I see an animated discussion going on between the two where Rizzo is clearly upset about the fact that this guy who had 26 home runs the previous year yeah. was going to the minor leagues. And those conversations are difficult at times, but Rizzo being one of the main guys on the team is near a captain as there is on the club. Uh, he had this conversation and, you know, Hoyer and Epstein are always pretty clear and transparent with their players. That doesn't mean those conversations go well. Right. And 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 Hap and, and Rizzo are very friendly, running buddies of yeah, sorts yeah. at times. I mean, it was a responsible thing for the front office to tell the all the players on the team that this was going to happen, especially the the guys that have been around forever, like Rizzo. But doesn't mean that they're happy with each other all the time. This segment is brought to you by it's Subway. Not like radio. Yeah. <laughs> Subway restaurants feature a different six-inch sub for three seventy-nine every day. Subway, make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. And the bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Join Northwestern Basketball at the new Welsh Ryan Arena this season. Home opponents include Nebraska, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan, and Purdue. Single game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale now at nusports.com. It is 6-7 to score. He is Bruce Levine. I am Matt Spiegel. It is inside the clubhouse, and our next guest joins us right now on the Alpamonte Ford hotline. Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Bruce, our guest yes, is Yes, indeed. Uh, the vice president of sales and marketing for your Chicago Cubs, Colin Faulkner, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Colin. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm great. How are you? So let's get right to business, because... That's your specialty. All right. And uh, by the way, Happy New Year to you and your family as well. Happy, I know, I, happy New Year. I've heard the cutoff date for saying Happy New Year is Monday. Seventh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm going to go with the seventh. Are you in that. agreement with that, Colin? I, I can get behind that, yes. Okay. So the Cub Convention is a week from next Friday. It starts on the 17th. I've been hearing from a lot of Cub fans. Who are we going to see there? <clears throat> Who's going to be there? We haven't. Haven't seen a list yet. When might that list come out? Can you give us a little tease as to some of the uh, former and present players that will be there in on the 17th? 
Yeah, the uh, like you said, the Cubs convention is coming up. It's our uh, what I like to call our family reunion. So uh, we get to see lots of crazy uncles and uh, cousins we like and things like that. Um, but it's always a fun time. Every year we're fortunate that you know this is the 35th year of the convention, and we're fortunate that almost every single one of our our current players comes uh, comes back for the convention, and that that'll hold true again this year. Um, and then. Every year, it seems like we just have more and more former guys coming back. We'll we'll release um, the full roster as we get a little bit closer to the convention, but I can tell you that there are some new um, faces that will be there this year um, that have that have not been back um, yet. Uh, guys, um, like so Giovanni Greg Maddox Soto. will be there. Can I put that out right now? Yes. No, ma- I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that out there. Um, Miguel Montero. Okay. Uh, Darwin, Darwin Barney. Very good. And now an, a um, manager in Major League Baseball. Yes. Yep. So you've got some. Uh, you've got some recent former Cubs that are. Uh, they're now joining that. So I think, like every year, we're going to have uh, a packed crowd of former players. Um, our current guys will be there, and really, the theme of this year is is really just trying to give more access. You know, every year at the end of the convention, we ask our fans for feedback on on what we could do better and. Well, we're always trying to, you know, super serve our existing fans. We're also trying to grow the next generation of fans. So this year we've added uh, one interesting new thing uh, where instead of the full weekend convention pass, which we still offer, and, and those are still available, we're also offering a pass just for Saturday over at the Lowe's Hotel next door where we're going to be filming live some of our YouTube shows like Bay versus Ballplayer, which is a huge hit last year, and a bunch of other things. And then we've got a Sunday only, and we're really gearing that kind of like we do at the ballpark on Sundays towards kids. So on Sunday, you can you can buy a Sunday-only pass that has access to the, the ballrooms there for $25. Um, so I took my you know kids to break, a movie over the break here, and it's kind of like what a movie costs um, these days. You can come down, bring your kids to the convention. You don't have to commit to the whole weekend, uh, but just come down, get a taste of it on Sunday, really geared towards kids. Uh, we've added selfies with the players this year, a bunch of – we have – traditional autograph stations, but uh, apparently selfie is a big thing. Bruce, I'm sure you're aware. Um, <laughs> you do a lot of that. And uh, so we're at <clears throat> When I'm with, alone. Uh, with the you, normally when, when I'm alone. alone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, selfie. Somebody, uh, somebody hacked into Bruce's cloud and, um, and immediately hacked out of it. Like right away, hacked out. Of it's it. good okay. that Bruce has his own cloud. That's, it is. It is. <laughs> I need to be alone. Uh, yeah, continue so, on. Yeah, no. So uh, lots of lots of fun stuff. Uh, Anthony Rizzo's demanded that he uh, run the kids only press conference this year, which is always one of the highlights. Um, I think you'll every year. There's always some news. I think you alluded to it earlier on the show. Um, every year, there's some new news that comes out of convention, which is always fun. Um, certainly, questions about the network and the team and mm-hmm. and the manager. And I think, you know, that's one thing that everyone's very excited about is, you know, what's different last year from, uh, or this year from last year. And it's, it's our new manager. And I think everyone's really uh, excited in, internally about, about Rossi. And uh, I think our fans will be as well. So, so there you go. So I, I, we have to follow up and ask about that, about the network and about all those YouTube shows. Is it, uh, is it, uh, should people expect to see some or all of those YouTube shows as network programming once, uh, once the marquee launch happens? Yeah. As, as you mentioned, you know, we made a huge investment, um, you know, time and effort into populating our YouTube channel last year, the league finally, uh, gave control back to, to us, uh, on our YouTube channel. 
Um, that's where my kids and lots of other kids are consuming content. And so as we look to grow that next generation of fans, we made a huge investment into, into populating content and it was a, it was a great success. Uh, we'll continue to do that, uh, this year through our YouTube channel, but also a lot of that will be repurposed to, uh, to marquee sports network. And I think the most exciting thing about marquee sports network for us is really being able to um, go in depth. And I think Bruce, I was listening to the show earlier, you alluded to it, you know, having a dedicated team network where you can really go deep and, and serve your fans with a bunch of content, just about that, that one team that they're so passionate about and that they deserve to, to hear more about. So we're excited about that. Yes. Some of that YouTube content will be there, but a whole bunch of other um, stuff that obviously has never been seen before. Some footage that, you know, we've un- uh, unearthed that's, that's never seen the light of day and, and lots of fun stuff. So probably more about that at the convention. Cubs.com is where you can go. Is that correct to get your yep. tickets for the convention? Correct. Uh, weekend passes are uh, $125 for the weekend pass. Uh, those are still available. Like I said, we've also got the Saturday only and the Sunday only pass. That Sunday only pass is 25 bucks. So it's, it's great. Just if you've never been to the convention and you're, wondering what it's all about it's an easy way to come down and just uh take a peek and check it out uh guaranteed to to be fun for sure the schedule makers have done the chicago cubs no great favor in 2020 uh you have 18 games in march and april you have 15 games in september which might be great um but nonetheless there it's a challenging schedule because during your prime uh weather dates during the season uh, you only have 11 or 12 dates per month. Um, what what can people do to get tickets this year? Is there more availability? Give us a give us a bird's eye view of what's going on for Cub fans wanting to go. Yeah, certainly just to the schedule itself. I mean, there's, there's only so much variability you can have in that schedule. I mean, we play uh, either in town or out of town almost every day, and so there's not so much that – there's not a lot you can do with the schedule. Um, with the push to give players – um, you know, more off days during the season that has resulted in just the season being pushed forward. And because of the construction project, uh, you know, we've been fortunate uh, for a number of years recently to start on the road as we finished up the, the construction at Wrigley Field. And now it's our turn to uh, start home. And with the early earlier season, uh, you'll you're going to see those earlier games, which are they're obviously not ideal. I'd say the the positive offshoot benefit of that is. Um, you know, with those summer dates, uh, you know, last year's concert schedule was pretty light, but um, that's going to open up more opportunities for uh, events, for season ticket holders, for concerts and things like that in the summer. So um, maybe not the best schedule that we've ever had, but uh, really there's no there's no bad day when you're out at the ballpark in the summer. Um, so I think we're excited about it. Tickets are still available. Um, uh for uh, this season, we had gone on sale uh, here later this month uh, with individual game tickets, but uh, fans should definitely be ready for that at the end of the month. And then London, Faulkner. I mean, I, I, I've seen you on TV and uh, in, in, at the Little League Classic and see you behind the plate there, and everybody says, oh, I know that guy. Faulkner, are you, gonna, you going to London? How many of uh, people within the org are going to go to London? I know some fans are, are, have already got themselves some tickets. Yeah, I, I have a son who plays uh, youth baseball. He's 13, and I decided to take him to Williamsport this year, which we were really fortunate to 
be able to play in that game and such an intimate experience. So I took my, my brother and uh, my nephew and my son and we had a good time. And unfortunately they put me in seats that uh, ended up being on TV. So uh, in London, I, I will be there. Um, I'm pretty sure I'll avoid being on TV there. It's a, it's a huge stadium and a lot of fun for a lot of fun for Cubs fans. We went on sale. Uh, it's a league, you know, league controlled, one of their jewel events, they call it similar to the all-star game. And, uh, the league went on sale with those tickets and, you know, they went tremendously fast. Uh, obviously, you know, last year with the Red Sox and Yankees playing, it was a huge deal. And us and the Cardinals playing this year would be a huge deal. So I think the players are really excited about it. I think our fans are really excited about it. It's just such a unique thing. I was fortunate to be able to go last year um, and kind of preview what, what we would have in store when we over there. And for fans that are able to take it in uh, in person, I think it's and haven't been there like I hadn't been there before. It'll be a ton of fun. Uh, and then for fans that can't, uh, it's going to be on, it's going to be on Fox and ESPN on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so fans will be able to tune in and watch that. Colin, uh, will we get a sneak preview of some marquee programming and some insight at the Cub convention? I know the launch is, I think February 21st or 2nd, the first spring training game. The idea is to have all the spring training games this year on marquee, uh, fill us in. Yeah, the marquee thing is is really exciting. Uh, we've been fortunate to get just some of the most talented people uh, in the industry to be able to work at, at Marquee Sports Network. So, you know, Mike McCarthy, the general manager, who we were able to bring in uh, with experience from, you know, MSG, Mike Santini, who's uh, heading up all programming, came over from MLB Network. And uh, we've gotten, you know, a little sneak peek of, the programming that they've planned, even the studios that they've built out there right across um, from our offices at Wrigley. And it's, it's, it's real now. I mean, you go over there and you see the studios and you see all the people working there and it's a real network. And I think it's going to be awesome for our fans. We are going to um, talk a bunch about it at the convention. So um, we'll talk about uh, likely uh, don't want to steal Mike's thunder, but likely, you know, talent on the network and programming on the network. And I think that's what our fans want to hear about. It's what they deserve. And we're going to share more at the convention for sure. We appreciate it, Colin. Uh, Keep up the great work uh, and uh, happy new year until January 7th. We'll continue to say it to you. All right. Thanks for having me on guys. I look forward to seeing the convention. Thanks. Take care. Colin Faulkner, vice president of marketing and sales uh, for your Chicago Cubs, giving us a, Bird's eye view, what's coming up at the Cub Convention and uh, some of the fun things that might be happening at Wrigley Field, including more concerts. There were only two there last year. Yeah, I want to know if Fish is coming back. It's it's one of the great musical sports crossover moments of my life is standing near third base and listening to Fish. I wonder if Dave and his band are going to be coming back anytime. Dave Clark? Dave Clark 5? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It could be. PropSwap is where America buys and sells legal sports bets. Before you make your next bet, be sure to check out PropSwap.com to see what's up for sale. Guaranteed better odds than any local bookie can offer. All season long, PropSwap customers have been snatching up 200 to 1. Yes, 200 to 1. Lamar Jackson. Jackson to win MVP tickets. Now those tickets are just about ready to cash. Go to PropSwap.com right now to find which long shot is up for sale next. Find the best odds in the world right now on PropSwap.com. One segment to go on Inside the Clubhouse. Yeah. Nice snipey thing on Dave Clark. I like that. Uh, it was, I enjoyed that. I like Dave Clark. I, I enjoyed that. It's, you uh, know, I, I, I hesitated to tell you that Nixon was elected in 1972 because I was being a nice guy. 
I'm going to continue to be a nice guy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Bruce is angry. Uh, 6711 is how you text. 312-644-6767 is the number to hop in on Inside the Clubhouse on the score. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Scar. Reminder, next week, 2 to 4 in the afternoon, okay? We followed DePaul basketball. Uh, that will be our last bump off of uh, these great uh, You Better You Bet shows uh, that are showing uh, that are previewing here at 9 o'clock on Saturdays and Sundays all the way through the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. It better be the I last time. I can't say Super Bowl, can but, uh, I? Uh, the big game. It, it better be the last time we get bumped. Do they know who we think we are, Bruce? <laughs> do they have af- any idea? I'm afraid they do, and that's why we're being bumped. <laughs> uh, two to four next week uh, uh, for all your baseball needs. The following week from the Cub Convention from 9 to 11.45. Yeah, that's going to be you and David Haw together. Yes, you'll be somewhere warm, uh, enjoying life with your beautiful wife. It is true. Um, it's uh, it's a, it's a moment to get away. Although time with you, time warm with my wife. It's uh, it the depends. scales. The scales tip. depends what uh, games on the t- television at that point, that, or what's streaming. I think that's fair. This is Jeff in Downers Grove on Inside the Clubhouse on the Score. What's up, Jeff? How are you? Great. Uh, thanks for taking my call, guys, and I guess Happy New Year. Two quick questions for you. Um, first of all, I haven't heard anything follow up about the White Sox Yankees. Over at Field of Dreams, wonder if you have any insights on that. And second, Yomas uh, Sanchez. No one's talked about him. Nobody has, you know, shown any interest at this point that I that I can read. Um, what do you think about the White Sox possibly bringing him back, or would the union not allow that because of what he's due for this year? Oh no, the union, he can come back. Here, here's the things with with Yomer. He was scheduled to make about five million dollars this year um, for the role they saw for him. They didn't envision that being worth their money. Now, if you bring them back and say, hey, we got $1.5 million for you this year to be a backup to everybody, is that uh, emotionally, is that practical for him to take that big, that big of a cut and play behind all these other guys after being a gold glove second baseman for the White Sox this year? It's asking a lot from it an is. ego I mean, perspective. He has a great make, great makeup, but first and foremost, his career is the most important thing to him. Feeding his family, being a baseball player for the next seven or eight years, making as much as he can. So I would say that's a long shot. You know, the other guy on that team who we need to discuss in that way is 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 James McCann. And you wrote a piece this week, Bruce, about – what McCann's role will be. And um, after an incredible season, a breakout season for him personally, offensively in the first half, and really in terms of as a game planner and a component uh, of a pitching staff, a real breakout year for him, now he's looking at decreased playing time. The signing of Encarnacion neutralizes his worth to the team and uh, his ability to be productive. He won't get as many bats as DH. He probably won't get very many at all if Encarnacion stays healthy. Uh, The ability for him to catch 25 to 30 games after coming off of an all-star year and being a free agent, more importantly, in November, will make him into, even though the most positive guy, a pretty grumpy guy if he can't continue to build on the strength of an all-star season. I don't think it's ideal for him. I don't think it's ideal for the White Sox. I think a trade for a bullpen arm of significance 
would be in line for uh, the White Sox and McCann. But McCann's value last year in helping the entire organization on the big league club no, no doubt. ramp forward as game planner. He was what a lot of coaches are sometimes you, to certain you're teams. Right. And he and Giolito connected Great. massively. Great. I remember I was there on Dylan Cease Day. I know you were there more than I, but on Dylan Cease Day when Cease arrived, I remember talking to McCann that day and him saying, Dylan and I are going to watch the game together on the bench You tonight. know what? He's not hired as a coach. He's hired as a catcher, and you're right on all those things, 100% right. But where is he going to play? Grandal is here for four years and $73 million. He's going to catch 120 ball games. Mm-hmm. And Grandal is a terrific pitch framer and supposedly a great guy in terms of relationships he with is. pitchers, and McCann he prides might, himself on it. McCann is great at blocking balls and throwing, and Grandal is not. So if you have the luxury of keeping him, but it's not practical in my mind to keep McCann down to 30 or 40 games a year, knowing he's going to be a free agent, still a young man at 29. It's just not It's not fair to him. I don't think it's. it would be a healthy situation for the White Sox, even though he's a true pro and he would probably man up. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's ideal. I think he gets traded. I, it's interesting. I, I, I wouldn't. It's your moment. Ever, all these different moves that they've made which show they are about winning right now. Encarnacion for one year, Robert for day right. one, all of these things, forcing McCann to suck it up and be a, a part of a winning team against his will might be something you yeah, ask. Yeah, I know. I just don't think it's real in this day and age. Matt, we have people to thank. Colin Faulkner of the Cubs, the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing, joined us. Richard Justice from MLB.com, nice enough to take some time. Zach Withers, Mike Chen doing a great job producing for us. People can follow me on MLB Bruce Levine on Twitter. I write on the website 670score.com, Cubs and Sox all week long. Look forward to seeing you next week, my friend. Two o'clock next week. Tell a friend. 2 o'clock for Inside the Clubhouse next week. Thank you to Mike Chen. Thank you to Zach Withers. Great job, guys. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Enjoy the football games, but enjoy DePaul basketball first right here on 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.